cliffcentral.com. Uh, good morning, Mr. Mulholland. How are you, sir? Good morning. I'm very good. I'm having a wee laugh here. Why? So my son just got given the best gift ever. What's that? So last night they get ready for school. He's going back from school holidays, packs his bag, make him turn off his devices early, get a nice early night. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, this morning they'll wake up, drive to school. Jazz takes him off to school. They're sitting there waiting for everybody to arrive. They were a week early. <laughs> my son just found out he had one more week of school holidays. Oh, that's the okay. best. A week. He came in. He had the biggest smile on his face. He was like, Dad, this is the best. Yeah. How did you guys screw that up so badly? <laughs> you know what? I have no idea, but I think I'm going to do it every every holiday from now on. Yeah. This is my top tip. To, to make your kids appreciate something, tell them their holiday is finished a few days early, make them get up from school, and then say to them, no, we're giving you an extra three days. Oh, it's unbelievable. I can, I can only imagine what a thrill that is to know mm. that you've got a whole extra week of holidays. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's probably I, back I in bed now. That I don't. When was the moment that they actually realized, oh, no, hang on, we've got this wrong? They're sitting at the school and nobody was arriving. <laughs> and and Jazz was like, no, Cal, listen, this is strange. And he was like, no, 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 I'll just go in. I'll just go in. No, no. Um, we, we should wait and see. And yeah, nobody arrived. There was nobody there. God, what a feeling that must be. Mm. All right. Yeah. So, Rich, uh, first things first, um, how's the book doing? Because we spoke to you uh, last about your book just the other day. And, and uh, yeah, it, was, it, it seems to me that a lot of people really like that discussion and want more. Yeah, I was super stoked. It was, I mean, first of all, thank you so much to you and the team for having me on. I really appreciate it. And sure. uh, the feedback and that's been amazing. There's been a lot of people tweeting me this week, showing me with copies of the book. And what I like is that a lot of the people that have been tweeting or Instagramming are not people I know, mm. which <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but wait, wait, as soon as you start leaving your circle, there's a chance that, that, that or there's a feeling that you're making progress. So when when your mom and all her friends have copies of your book, it, it's cool. But when people that, that you've not met have copies and comment on it, I think that that's super rad. And then uh, the, the publisher contacted me last week saying that she'd like to have a chat to me this week about the next book. So that's pretty rad. Can I ask you the question that we've been dealing with in the last couple of minutes? If you could go to any one of these eight shows, which one would you go to? And you can only choose one. Michael Jackson, Kurt Cobain, Notorious B.I.G., Jimi Hendrix, Elvis Presley, um, who were the others? Bob Marley. um, hmm, Who am I leaving out here? Uh, Queen. Yes. And the last one was... Elvis. uh, Elvis. Michael Jackson. So in that list, I'd go see Elvis or the. I think you. I mentioned the Beatles, oh, the Beatles earlier. The Beatles, the other one, yeah. Sorry, it'd probably nine. be the Beatles. Just so I could tell my mom about it. She told me she went to see them when she was younger, but she doesn't remember a single thing because she just screamed at them. Like literally screamed and cried the whole time. So she actually had she had real full on Beatlemania. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think every kind of kid of that era did. But um, I'd also love to have seen uh, the Sex Pistols uh, as a, just an old school kind of or, – or the original Ramones mm. uh, just from the point of view of the, the uh, kind of fathers of punk rock. Mm. And, then, and then one other one, just when I was an ex-roadie, the, 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 the band that you wanted to have toured with was the Grateful Dead. That was yeah. like your rite of passage. And it was actually while I was touring uh, that Thingamabob died. And I realized I would never get to do what was considered the rites of passage of all roadies is to tour with the Grateful Dead. 
So there was a wee regret. Well, it's because you were a roadie that I wanted to know who you'd want to go and see. Um, because there's some, there's some of those iconic concerts. I heard Pink Floyd's The Wall in, in Berlin was just the most incredible experience ever. And I've heard some I other. I watching it, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've heard some other people saying that, you know, there are, there are just those great iconic shows that have changed the world and that nobody wanted to leave and everybody thought when they were there that they were part of history. Anyway. I mean, um, Woodstock. Oh, How amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Of course. Incredible. Except very filthy. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I don't go, I don't go to local festivals because I don't like that there's no showers. Yeah. So I can't imagine that I would have been much into it in the 70s, but I would have regretted missing it nonetheless. And especially with all oh. that pubic hair. I mean, the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Rich, tell us what's on your mind this Monday morning. Jeez, like, well, I'm not worried. I'm coming for a bit of a downer. Maybe I should have had a plan B. But anyway, I want to talk about Nazi Germany. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks. That's all right. Go on. So... Have you ever wondered how Hitler managed to indoctrinate Germany? Yeah, well, I've, the I've, Am- I've watched mm-hmm. him. I've watched his speeches. I've tried to figure it out. I've, I've read Mein Kampf to see what it was that that brought a mostly educated population of people under the spell of of this horrible ideology. And and I still, I've got to be honest, I haven't cracked it. Do you know the answer? Well, I'm not sure if I know the answer, but but I, well, I think we can we we get some sense of it. So the first thing was obviously the fact that um, there were Germans were in a bad place because of reparations of the First World War. Mm-hmm. So, so the German people were, free, were they were poorer than they'd ever been before, and they needed an alternative. They needed a better system. Yeah. Uh, and and sometimes when you need something better, something different will suffice. But the truth of the matter is, how Hitler indoctrinated Germany was slowly. He did it over a long period of time. It wasn't like he came into power. And four years later, we had a different Germany. Mm. Uh, you know, in, he started off with uh, removing the freedom of the press. So he removed the, the, the ability for the press to, to uh, have to speak out against them. They were, they were given the, the kind of, the, I guess, the fallacy of freedom in that they were told that they were allowed some degree of freedom, but only within a certain uh, uh, very constrained language set. Then what he did is he vilified the outliers in government. So people that that did not suit his his mindset and philosophy. He ousted and publicly vilified. And then, of course, later on, when the regime got harder, they were taken away and killed and things. Mm-hmm. And then in 1926, he created the Hitler Youth and then the League of German Girls. And what he did is he went to boys of 10 years old and started enrolling them and offering them these leadership positions that they could take a path of leadership. Uh, by the time the, the, uh, like 1935 had come by, 725,000 Germans had been in leadership roles or young Germans had been in leadership roles in this movement. So these were the, and they were speaking out against injustice and things. But of course, while in there, they were vilifying a group, uh, in this case, obviously the Jewish people and non-Aryan Germans and Right. So he got in slowly and slow, slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. And it was over the period of like 15 odd years before obviously, uh, the second world war kicked off. And the reason I'm telling you this is because, and I know this is going to sound extreme, but I'm actually worried that to some degree without the death <laughs> at this stage, we're repeating this. Oh, I'm worried that we are repeating this with regards to. Uh, a far left point of view, killing the way that we are allowed to speak. So I, I'm getting, I feel like 
uh, I've always seen myself as, you know, a punk rocker and pretty kind of left wing and very liberal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what I realized today is that I'm not nearly liberal enough, is that I'm not allowed to have an opinion on things that aren't far left enough. If I do, I get publicly vilified. The press is not allowed to say something. Uh, they're not. Uh, there was a, an issue a few weeks ago about um, uh, who's the greatest sports pe- per- person of all time or the greatest tennis player. McEnroe got into trouble in the press uh, because he said, I think it was um, uh, Serena Williams was the best uh, female tennis player of all time. And he was given trouble because, no, 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 she's the best tennis player. And he said, but she lost to a game against the 200-seeded male player. Mm. And they said that doesn't matter. And and I think it does matter. I think it's okay that we are different. It's just not okay that we don't have equal rights. Like we should celebrate our differences, but we're not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, the other day you posted that uh, trigger the vest uh, post, yeah, which got quit. you into quite a bit of trouble. I mean, the, the comments are obviously more fun than the… Well, it didn't cause any, it didn't really cause any trouble because I think that it's it's widely understood that there are different kinds of feminism. The the feminism of equality is is something that I think most people agree has a, already been won as a battle. Um, certainly, in in terms of people accept that everybody should have equal rights, men and women. There are parts of the world where that doesn't happen, but those parts of the world are also considered quite uncivilized for other reasons. Uh, what what this one was is it 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 was about how Humor is suddenly not uh, acceptable or appropriate under certain conditions. And and there I agree with you. There I think we've got to fight back for irony and sarcasm and for the ability to criticize ideas. Yes, and that's the problem is that this societal censorship that is being put on us if you have a point of view. So I posted the other day, a friend of mine put a comedian, it's a lesbian comedian, it was um, – and, and funny enough, I watched it so the same way I'd watch a black comedian, white comedian, Jewish comedian, whatever kind of comedian. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think it was particularly funny and said so much. And I said, you know, yes, I didn't, I didn't laugh once. I was, I was a human being commenting on comedy with a friend of mine who uh, I play board games with. And the comment that came back was that I was a um, cishet male, blah, 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 who, so, you know, and I was like, wait, hold on a second. How did this become about my sexual preference and my gender? I thought I was, I genuinely said I didn't find this funny. I didn't see the humor in it. And, and this is a problem for me. It's a problem that every uh, opinion I have, even vaguely outside uh, the prevailing point of view, is not allowed anymore. And how I know this is a bit of a problem is I find myself censoring things I'm saying. I find myself not willing to say things and other people not willing to say things as well. So certain friends now who I know share a point of view will actually send me articles because they want to post it. But they say, listen, I, I really check this article out. I want to post it, but, I, but I'm afraid I'll get into trouble. And it really is something uh, relatively innocuous. Um, there was an example of an article I posted the other day about um, it, it, it was from Cosmopolitan and it said, dear parents to be stop celebrating your children's gender. Now, they didn't say stop celebrating uh, if you're having a boy, because that would, of course, be wrong. They said stop celebrating the fact that you're having a child of any specific gender whatsoever. So don't have an it's a girl party or it's a boy party. Have a completely androgynous gender free party. Yeah, but this and is, I don't this is, cosmo- this is I mean, a good thing. This is cosmopolitan. You'd, you'd have to have your head read if you took anything that they wrote seriously. It's basically it's a it's a it's a, a soft pink version of 
the Huffington Post or the Daily Vox. I mean, do me a favor. Right. Right. But here's the problem is that this is changing. This language is changing the way that people think to the point that people are afraid to speak or speak out. And my worry is we're going to get to the point where we are, we genuinely stop saying things that we become embarrassed to, to talk about our kids' gender. We get become embarrassed to buy a daughter a Barbie because we're seen as bad parents. Uh, and, and I think this is a problem. I think we, we are running the risk. And I guess the reason I bring up the very extreme Nazi Germany mindset is that we are kind of heading into a science fiction future where uh, gender roles will be, uh, I mean, will we get to the point where we're all wearing short, uh, you know, the same hairstyle and wearing the exact same clothes so that nobody has any gender differentiation whatsoever, where we're teaching our children uh, not to speak in a certain way so people will not be able to identify what gender they have. Yeah, like the, 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 the paralysis of political correctness. Right. And I think it's a very real problem. Not to say that that and that's not and again I don't want people to stop having an opinion that uh, there should be extreme left or extreme right uh, rights. I think that that you should be should be understanding that everyone should have the right to have an opinion, even if it's contrarian to yours. But and this is a problem that they're not. Rich, I'm I'm trying to understand, or I'm trying to see it for the the problem that you say it is because I feel like to a degree. We've all been censoring ourselves anyway, depending on which crowd you're in. Like if, you know, if you are, if you happen to be the only guy in a group full of women, you know, you censor yourself to a degree and vice versa. If you arrive at an event where it's your grandparents and all her friends, you in a, a group of elderly people, like you censor yourself to a degree. You know, if you walk into a group of like one race group over another, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like these are things that we've been doing anyway. So Absolutely, to, to, to a, a degree. degree yeah. So I'm trying to understand why you feel it's now at critical point. Well, I think it's it's kind of different in that we're not allowed to have a, a generalist point of view. Uh, so again, even this post, uh, someone will consider this mansplaining. This is a man, a straight white uh, male, uh, complaining in, about the fact that he's no lo- shame. He's no longer allowed his point of view, and if he gets called out for having an opinion that is not this, um, he's he's going to complain on the radio about it. Is that there shouldn't be a? I'm totally happy with somebody disagreeing with me. I think the irony is, for me, is that uh, a group so hell-bent on removing labels is very keen on adding them to almost every single situation, that you can be attacked for having a point of view uh, almost all the time if it isn't far left. And I tell you where it becomes a problem, because if you take like um, – uh, you can lose your job uh, over having – if you say something that is not – Right. Say gender appropriate or sexual preference appropriate or far left appropriate, mm-hmm. you can lose your job. But if you say something far right or extreme, um, uh, sorry, sorry, the opposite, uh, you never could. So if you're saying something that goes against the far left, uh, you'll lose your job. That's not politically correct, and uh, yeah. Twitter will try you. Yeah, they'll, they'll, and they'll, you'll be they'll fired. Do, they'll do what they call doxing, where they basically will put out your. Your details, they'll say where you live, they'll harass you. This is what happened to those journalists just the other day when the um, the Black Land BLF went and, and protested outside right, Peter exactly. Bruce's house. This doesn't happen if you take on the opposite point of view. No, and that's my point. And that's why I believe that there is a problem. Is it So if you had a, uh, a very liberal point of view and you spoke out about, um, I guess, killing abortion doctors, you mm. wouldn't even lose your job. 
No. You could actually tweet about the fact that you think that all abortion – I got to say, like I think that there may be a bit of a backlash happening because if you look at like Kathy Griffin and Bill Maher and that kind of thing, these are these are people who are on the left who are espousing mostly leftist views. And when they do things like cut off a fake Trump head, I think they've received just as much heat. I think it might be changing, Rich. I, I, I'm just throwing that in there as a cautionary. I hope so. I hope so. And I guess that that's why maybe it's a point of discussion. It's, it's something I've been pondering over the weekend. And I, I worry so much about um, how I, much I'm uh, censoring myself. I, yep. I would just like to say that I think that it's just as inappropriate for Kathy Griffin to be censored as it is for anyone who is on the, 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 the center or right to be censored. I don't like the idea of censorship full stop. Yeah, in fact, I completely agree with you that. And, and while it, to me, is a bit of an outlying case, I certainly was as, as frustrated about that. And again, that, that's, I guess, my point is that uh, outside complete hate speech, I, I kind of feel, and calling for violence, uh, I, I kind of feel like almost anything should go. There should be that allowance of somebody to have a contrarian point of view to yours. But maybe, 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 maybe I'm too caught up in, in in one specific circle of thinking. And I could be thinking about this in too extreme a way. I guess time will tell. But I do think we should be aware of it. And I think that we should uh, allow and support people. And also we shouldn't get into fights with people all the time over a contrarian point of view. It's okay. All right, Rich. Well, thanks for the call. Red, dude. We'll chat to you next week. Great week, and I'll chat to you guys in a week. Great stuff. Thank you. Rich Mulholland and the reality check for Monday. It's the way to start your week. Fire you up with some uh, food for thought. Cliffcentral.com.